You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. So let's go back a little bit and talk why we're in Galatians, why Paul is even talking about Abraham, and why he's talking about sons of God in the first place. Okay? So the people of God going way, I mean, I'm talking like, we're going to go way back. Okay, so we're going back all the way to, well, let's just go back to Genesis 1-1. You're like, how long is she going to be here? How long is she going to talk? But uh, God is the creator. He made everything. He created everything. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He made man in his image. And then years, years down the road, God said, I'm going to choose this man, Abraham, and he's going to be the father of my people. But not only the father of my people, these, these Hebrews, these people I'm going to call out to be, these chosen people that I'm going to call out to be my name who become the Jews, but he's also going to be the father of many other nations. So he calls out Abraham, and he asks him to take steps of faith, to leave where he was and to go to a new land. And he has him one night, he has him look up at the stars. And he says, count them. And Abraham's like, one, two, three, four, 56, 57. Ah, messed up. You know, start over. God said, that's not the point. You, You won't be able to count them. That is the point. You will have more children than there are stars in the sky. And Abraham's like, there's one problem. I don't have the first one. I don't have the first son, so how am I going to have son after son and daughter after daughter if I don't have one? And God made a promise to him. That promise was fulfilled 20 years later, which is a long time to wait on a promise, by the way. But he did, and God um, fulfilled that promise through Isaac. And then Isaac had Jacob, and then it goes on down, and then we have the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we have all that the people of God went through with being in Egypt and God setting them free. Remember that? Where Moses goes and he tells, let my people go. Remember that song? And he goes through and he goes through all the plagues and finally um, Pharaoh says, okay, you can go. So he goes out and God does a miracle by saving the people from Pharaoh who had changed his mind and now they're coming after the people and God parted the Red Sea and did all these amazing miracles and they went through and they began to journey to the promised land. And God begins to give his people the law through Moses. And he begins to tell them what and who the people of God look like, what their lives should look like, how they should treat other people. So they come up with this law, and we talked about that last week with Pastor Matt, how the law is our, is our babysitter or our tutor of sorts that teaches us things. So they have this law, but through the prophets and as God's people go on and they, they um, go through many trials and trial after trial, they've also been promised this Messiah who is going to come and set them free. So they're waiting and waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for this Messiah, and then he comes, and his name is Jesus. And some of the Jews accept him as Messiah, and some of them don't. And some of the Jews are still the Jews are still looking for the Messiah today when he has come. But God does, still has a special plan for his people, for his chosen people. But those of us who are followers of Jesus are now in that family. So Jesus came 
and he obeyed every law. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the scripture so that we don't have to be slaves to it anymore. So Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. He came back to life. So we have his sacrifice for us. And then he came back to life. So we have resurrection as well. We didn't do anything to earn the forgiveness of sin that God has given us. And we can't do anything to keep it. It's a gift of God. So after Jesus um, died and was resurrected, he left um, these men. He sent his Holy Spirit to work through these men and women on the earth to continue the message and continue the work. And one of these men was Paul. And if you know the conversion story of Paul, Paul was an amazing Pharisee. He was an amazing chosen one of God. He was a Jewish scholar. He knew all of the laws and kept them vigorously and was very passionate and zealous about people keeping the law. He saw Jesus as a threat. But then Jesus came to Paul on the road to Damascus, and and Paul had a conversion experience. Paul became a Christian, and Paul became, he began living for the way. He began um, telling other people, telling Jews, this is our Messiah. This is the one that we've been waiting for. He's the fulfillment of the law. We're not slaves to the law anymore. Jesus has set us free from that. And so now I'm finally at Galatians. I'm finally here. Paul had already been to Galatia. He had already been encouraged by them and given them the word and were building this new church and they were doing so good and they were leaning on grace. They were, yeah, keeping, uh, keeping God's rules because they, he, they knew that that's what, that was the best track for them and how life would go best for them, but they weren't a slave to the law anymore because Jesus had taken care of that for them. But after Paul had left and was gone on to another church, these men called Judaizers had come in and they said, it's Jesus and. Yes, Jesus saves us. Yes, the cross is important and the resurrection. But you also have to keep the law of Moses. But you also have to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. Jesus and. We've been talking about with that a lot with Pastor Matt. We've been going through that. And so throughout the book of Galatians, Paul has been giving different arguments to the Galatians to try to remind them and to show them that they do not need anything but Jesus to be saved and to be children of God. So here we are in this section, Galatians 3, 26, and then 4, 7. The focus of this argument is sonship. And I love this. I love this passage where we're talking about being the sons and daughters of God. So that's the angle that Paul is, is working them, is, is working with them at, is being sons of God. Okay. So he talks about Abraham. About Abraham, um, them being the seed of Abraham. So I want to read a couple of scripture. That one that Peter talks about, that talks about being the people of God. Because remember, whenever God originally had us, those were just the Jews, just the Hebrews. 
But Peter says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we're, I'm sure most of you know this, but some of you may not. So we're what would be called Gentiles. We are not Jews by birth. So Peter was saying, because his book and Peter was talking to Gentiles, those of us who were not originally in God's family. He was saying, for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you, are not, not, once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. How and why? Through Jesus. Not through keeping certain laws, not through being circumcised, but through Jesus. And then Paul says in Ephesians 2.13, But now you belong to Christ Jesus. And though you were once far away from God, now you have been brought very near to him because of what Jesus Christ has done for you with his blood. It doesn't say that you were once far away from God and now you have been brought close to God because of how good you are or because you go to church every Sunday or because you... Get your kids a Bible. Or because you're nice to the person in the checkout line. It's not a matter of good works. It's because of what Jesus has done for you with his blood. It all goes back to Jesus. And if we ever find ourselves with a Jesus and mentality, we need to repent of that and get back to Jesus, only Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 17, and he says, And he has brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles, yay, we're included, who were far away from him, and to us Jews who were near. It was both. Now all of us, whether Jews or Gentiles, may come to God the Father with the Holy Spirit's help because of what Christ has done for us. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. And let's go ahead and go to the bottom line. That we are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters. It's good news, isn't it? We are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters. We have the, the Jews and the Gentiles. And the word is for the Jews, and the word is for the Gentiles. We came from very different places, but the same destination under Jesus. So the Jews came from this God's chosen people, who, ha- who were given the law and who had have had a very difficult and tumultuous history. I mean, the enemy still is continuing to try to get rid of the Jews, and we see that in the Holocaust and throughout history in so many different ways where the Jews have been attacked. They've had a different journey. But then we have the Gentiles, and our history is more of the following these pagan gods, these false gods, or maybe not a god at all, maybe ourselves. So a very different journey, but we have, as Christians, we come to the same place. So now let's go to look at um, Galatians 4, verse 1. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, I'm sorry, that's not where I wanted to go. Um, Verse 27 and 28. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, 
male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. So to better understand this scripture, we go back to the culture. And women were not valued highly. We do see some instances in history around this time where women, some women had positions of authority, but overall, women were not as valued as men. Of course, slaves were not seen as highly as free people, and among the Jews, they certainly considered themselves better than the Gentiles. And those are the three categories. Notice those three categories. Jew and Gentile, slave or free, male or female. And what, who does Paul say that we all are? We are all one in Christ Jesus. Did you know that there was a prayer back around this time, and it may still be said today by some, it was, it's of course not in the Bible, but it's in traditional prayer, where Jewish men would pray, Blessed be God that he did not make me a Gentile. Blessed be God that he did not make me a slave. Blessed be God that he did not make me a woman. Paul addresses all three of those traditional prayers here. Like, nope, that is not what's going on here anymore. Under Jesus, no matter who you are, what your background is, how bad you have been, how good you have been, we are all one in Christ Jesus. There is no male or female. There is no slave or free. There is no Jew or Gentile. Now, that doesn't mean those distinctions have gone away. There are still differences, and those differences can be beautiful. And we can complement each other and help each other. But it just means that under Jesus, we are all one. God does not favor a man more than a woman or a free man more than a slave or a Jew more than a Gentile. And that's good news for us Gentiles. That God isn't saying, oh, I love my my Jews more than I love you, your second-rate sons and daughters. No, we are all one under Jesus Christ. So he comes in, and Paul is letting them know that he is breaking down walls. Because what are the Judaizers coming in? Remember at this time in the church of Galatia, they were coming in and saying, you had to be circumcised to be a true believer. Well, where does that leave the females? And he's making these distinctions here. So he's saying, you Gentile who were not a part of God's family, yeah, 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 you can be in God's family, but you have to be, you have to make these changes first. And if there's anyone in your life that has told you you have to be a Christian by believing that Jesus is God's son and that he died for you for your sin, but you also have to go to church to be a Christian, or you also have to um, do all the right things to be a Christian, or you also have to speak kindly to your mama to be a Christian. No, it's because we are a Christian that we do these things, right? We come from a place of already being a son and a daughter of God, and that's the reason why we do these things. That's the reason why we're kind to people. That's the reason why we go to church. It's not to earn salvation. So he says um, in verse 1, 4-1, Now I say that as long as... As the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees 
until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. So those of you who were not here last week, Pastor Matt was talking about this, how in the Jewish culture there would be... um, there would be a two, or in other, and lots of other lots of cultures. I mean, you would consider like a tutor or an, or an au pair or someone who comes in from outside the family, and they take care of the children until it's time for them to take care of themselves. And they tutor and they teach. And Paul is giving the example. He's he's saying the law is like that. It was just a tutor. It was just to to guide us until the right time. And Paul is using the example that the right time was when Christ came. Um, have any of you, I'm sure many of you have if you are a parent, but have you been to the ER and had x-rays for broken bones? Yes, in our family we have, we have had quite a few um, x-rays to see what's going on. Maybe a kid on the trampoline or, you know, jumped off the trampoline or jumped off a bunk bed or slice their finger at Christmas Day, or lots of different reasons for going. Those are all true stories, by the way. Lots of reasons for going to the ER and getting x-rays. Does the x-ray do the healing? What does the x-ray do? Shows you the broken bone, or hopefully the not broken bone. It reveals. It exposes. And that's what the law does for us. It doesn't heal. It wasn't meant to be a healer. That role was reserved for Jesus when the right time came. But the law shows us where we're sinful. It helps us be ready for Jesus. It helps us turn our eyes to Jesus. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments, you know, upon first glance, oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing pretty good on those, especially some of the big ones, you know. Don't commit murder. Yeah, I think I'm okay there. But what about do not covet? Has anyone ever had anything that you really, really want that you feel like you can't live without until you have? What about lying? What about stealing? So the scripture shows us, is the x-ray into our heart and into our lives to show us where we need Christ, to point us to Christ. It is the tutor that helps us and guides us until we can look at him. It's not something that saves us. And that's the point that Paul was trying to make. And then in verse 4, When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Isn't that beautiful? To redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. So there was this expectation, this law that we were never meant to fulfill, that we were never meant to get it right. So if you're in your Christian life and you're thinking, man, I keep messing up, I keep trying, I just can't get it right. I keep sinning and I, I'm trying so hard, God, and I'm, I'm really, really trying and I'm, I'm burning myself out trying to be the best I can be, but I can't do it. 
If that's where you are, be honest with God and tell him that. You know what he's going to say? You were never meant to. Jesus fulfilled the law so that you wouldn't have to be perfect. He was perfect. So he was able to be that substitutionary sacrifice for us because we could never get it perfect. And God never expects us to. But Paul says in Romans, because we have this grace, because we were never expected to, should we go on sinning? Like, we've got it pretty good. All we have to do is believe and accept this free gift. We don't have to be in God's family through our work, so why don't I just keep on sinning? Paul says, by no means. You have a father. You've been adopted as a son and a daughter. You're no longer slaves. God set you free from that. God set you free from the elements of this world. God set you free from the pressure of having to be perfect. And he gave you the one who already was and is. So Paul says, we do not continue to sin. We do not go on sinning because we have grace. Because we have a daddy, we have a father who loves us. And he knows what's best for us. And he knows that these these rules and these recommendations for life and these commandments for life that he's given us are not just for his glory, but for our good. They're because he knows what's best for us. And how life will turn out best for us. It won't be easy. Jesus made that quite clear. Josh, you said that this morning, that in the world we will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He's already done the overcoming. But scripture says that we are hidden in Christ. We are with Christ. And so if he has overcome, so have you. Isn't that good news? One commentary puts it this way. God sent his son, and this son lived under the law, though not under sin, so that he could absorb the curse of the law, exhaust the fumes of God's wrath, and redeem those under the law. Once the son had done this, the barrier was knocked down between God and people, and between peoples, and they could become sons of God. We can now feel in Paul's logic Since believers have the inheritance by faith, they do not need to live out the works of the law. Therefore, the Judaizers are wrong in urging what amounts to a nationalistic view of God's work, and it need not be followed. So, going back to Paul's point, saying that we are under Abraham... That we are a part of that promise. Remember when, when Abraham went out and looked at the stars? We are one of those stars. We are a part of God's family now. Because the family, the invitation wasn't just to the Jews. It was to all of us. and continues to be for all of us. Whether male or female. Slave or free. Jew or Gentile. It's for all of us. So we've been included in that promise Verse 6, and because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba is Aramaic, and it's, it's, it's that 
daddy language. It's that intimate father language. So the spirit comes in us and allows us to see God as our father. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. And as an heir, we have the rights to all that God has. Just like my children in my house have the rights to use my fridge and our washer and dryer. They are, they are my sons and daughters. They can use, they have rights to it. We have rights. We have the inheritance. But as you know, most of the time, you have to wait until someone dies to receive an inheritance. But Jesus has already done what? Jesus has already died. So that inheritance is yours right now. You have freedom. The promise is this. The inheritance is this. Freedom. Forgiveness of sin. How about the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control, anybody? <laughs> anybody else beside me need some help with that? Through the Holy Spirit. That's my inheritance. Ephesians is a great book if you need a reminder of who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ and what is your inheritance right now in Christ, as in like it's yours. The gift is, is open before you. Read Ephesians. It talks all about it. It's so good. All of those things are ours right now. So many times we have these gifts that God's given us, but we're not opening them. We're not using them, but they're yours. So if that's you today, and you're like, God, I really don't want to miss any gifts. I really don't want to miss anything that my father has given me. I don't want to miss out on the gifts that my daddy has given me. God, please show me what they are, where they are, and how I can use them. Get into the word daily, and he will show you. And he will bring up instances throughout the day where you can, oh, i got to access that freedom. I'm no longer a slave to that. Maybe I was before I became a Christian. Maybe I was a slave to that vice, to that thing that had a grip on me, to that pride or that dishonesty or whatever it was. But because I'm a Christian, I'm free from it. I may not be walking in freedom, but I am free. Because I'm a son and a daughter of God, I'm no longer a slave. Good news. We have been adopted. We have full legal standing and just like Sarah, God has given us his name. He's brought us into his family. It's not, it's not revocable. It can't be changed. So now and forever we are his children. Nothing is going to, just like with my kids, nothing they do is going to make them no longer my children. Same with God. So if you feel like I've, I've gone too far with God for him to want me back, no way. He's your daddy. He wants you right now, and he loves you, and he's there. He never left you. You may have felt like you left him, but he never left you. He's there with you. You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org slash sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.